Welcome back to the Spinning Bat Kick podcast. I'm your host, Aiden Waxman. It's been a minute since I last made one of these. I got pretty swamped with school and finals and everything, but it's great to be back. Glad to be making these podcasts again. We're going to have some blo- a lot of blogs coming out soon, and now that it's summer, I have all the time in the world to make literally any content that I want, which I'm really excited for. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys join me for the ride. We had a reel go really well on Instagram. It has like a thousand likes, but so we're doing good on social media and there's a, there's a lot more to come and I really look for, forward to getting started on all that. But today I wanted to go ahead and talk about One Championship, which made its debut in the U.S. last night. One Championship, an Asian organization of you know mixed martial arts, but not just mixed martial arts. What makes One so unique is that it has submission grappling and Muay Thai and kickboxing. It's really, really great to see a promotion that not only explores you know MMA, but also other arts that don't really get as much traction, especially in the United States. So for the first time in Denver last night, one championship came to the United States. It was a great event. Uh, Chatri, the uh, CEO of one championship, did a great job of making an exciting card. We had only two fights that went to decisions last night. The rest were all finishes, and it was honestly a pleasure to watch. I had a great time watching that with my with my buddy. It was fantastic. Couldn't ask for anything. I think the one thing that could have gone better was the uh, Demetrius Johnson fight with Adriana Marias. I thought that fight was pretty boring, to be totally honest. But otherwise, I mean, it was a fantastic card. Knockouts everywhere. Mikey Musumeci, the submission grappler, getting a finish, holding on to his belt. It was a great night for one championship, a great debut. I think their future is pretty bright here and in the United States. Talk about that a little bit more later into the podcast, but I just wanted to go over a couple of the big fights from last night. The first being Stamp defeating Elise Anderson in her MMA bout with a body kick in round two. Honestly, Elise Anderson's game plan was pretty simple. It's the classic striker versus grappler thing where she tries to get Stamp to the ground, and Stamp did a really good job of defending last night. I remember that she did get taken down one time, but she was able to reverse the position and actually ended up on top. And Stamp Fairtex is just such an incredible fighter in general. I mean, in Muay Thai, she was very, very good. Now she moves over to mixed martial arts. She's already the number one contender. Five and one in one championship. Her only loss coming to Adam Waite, champion of the world. Otherwise, she's really dominated her competition. She did a great job against Elise Anderson last night, and that body kick was absolutely disgusting. You could hear that from the TV, and Anderson just crumpled to the ground immediately, and the ref called off the fight. I thought that Stamp, like when you watch Stamp fight, it really is, you can tell that she's very special. Her abilities are just, for 25 years old, for someone who's so young to be so skilled is really unusual, but she's been working all her life at it. I mean, she's been fighting Muay Thai since she was like a very, very little kid, like, and you can see that her experience shows in the circle at one 
She's just dominated her competition, seamless switch to mixed martial arts, as I said earlier, and she's really starting to become the face of, one of the faces of the One Championship organization. Her walkout, the stamp dance, is really unique. It's something that gives her her own kind of trademark, and she has a very bright future in general, but she has a really bright future in one, in giving one championship the promotional, or the hype, I would say, that it deserves. Another fight that ended by knockout was uh, Rod Tang's fight. Rod Tang defeated... uh, Tabaras or Rodtang won by round two elbow, which was really nasty. I'm not gonna lie. And round one, Tabaras came out with a lot of these spinning attacks, and a couple of them actually did catch Rodtang, and they kind of they made him very, uh, let's just say, aware of the threat, and he kind of saw what Tabaras's game plan was. Round one, pretty close round. I don't know how you score that. But round two, you can immediately tell that Rod Tang made really quick adjustments. And that I mean, that happens when you have, A, a great coaching staff, but also you have like 300 plus fights under your belt in Muay Thai. By the way, this was a Muay Thai bout. Should have clarified that in the beginning. But round two, Rod Tang comes out. You can tell he's made these adjustments. Tabaras goes for a spinning elbow. He misses it. And when he turns around, Rod Tang just responds with an elbow of his own. Just a straight, like, it was like an up elbow. And it just face-planted Tabaras. Fight was over. Rod Tang really showed out. He got the 100k bonus. That's something I really like about one championship as well, is that they announce to their, they tell their fighters during their their interviews, their post-fight interviews, that they won a bonus. And you get to see their live reaction. It's something that's really cool. Another thing that makes one unique, I honestly think that the UFC should do it as well. I don't think Dana will do that though for a variety of reasons, but I love how one does that. It's really amazing to see the reaction of the fighters and Rod Tang with the, not 50K, as I said earlier, 100K bonus. And I'm sure he was happy. He went up to Chatri afterward and, you know, gave him a hug. I, I love Rod Tang. He's he's a great guy and he's a really entertaining fighter. I mean, you can't, it's really impossible to knock him out. This guy's like, he's like made of iron. He's like a tank. There's so many clips of him. He's gone viral on social media because of his clips where people punch him and he then punches his own face saying, give me more. That's probably, that's pretty terrifying. Even if you're a trained fighter, to punch someone in the face really hard and then see them and then see them punch themselves in the face and say punch me harder that's pretty uh intimidating to say the least but Rotang is just such a he really likes these entertaining fights as well he's not like uh I would say with all due respect Israel Adesanya in mixed martial arts who for a while kind of went for the point the point wins wins on points Rotang is not that kind of guy Rotang someone who wants to get it finished and settled in the circle, not by decision. He does not want to see judges anywhere near him. He wants a finish, and he always hunts for it. The American fans loved him yesterday. He got a bunch of love from the fans. It was really great to see. He deserves it. An incredible fighter. Another very young fighter. I think he's in his early 20s, so he has a long ways to go and even more to improve, which is really scary to think about. We've been talking about, I know, some really entertaining fights tonight. It was very hyped, as it should have been, but it didn't. But wasn't very entertaining. Uh, Demetrius Johnson defeating Adriana Marias by unanimous decision. The, the whole fight was really clinch. That is, This is one of those fights where it's so easy to describe in one word. It's just clinch over and over and over again. And sometimes Adriano initiated it. Sometimes DJ did. DJ post-fight talked about how he wanted to be in the clinch because he felt like he could get a lot of work done there. And he certainly did. And he 
got the win and it was fantastic and dj you know obviously one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time arguably the greatest mixed martial artist of all time he's definitely on the mount rushmore incredible by far the best flyweight the world has ever seen in mixed martial arts quite possibly the best flyweight the world will ever see i mean after he left the ufc the belt the flyweight belt has gone around like three or four times and then dj held on to it for like 11 he defended his belt like 11 times which is absolutely absolutely crazy people talk about the ben askren and demetrius johnson trade they debate about it about who won the trade i honestly think that both sides won the trade because one championship got a fan like the best flyweight fighter in the entire world who gave their promotions some ground in america and i think that dj really set up the opportunity for one championship to come to the united states because americans know who dj is because of his time in the ufc on the other hand the ufc won that trade uh not in the exact same way obviously you're not because let's face it ben Askren had a good couple of fights in the ufc and then he lost to masvidal and all went downhill from there but the ufc won in that they won a lot of money they got so much money from that knockout, that Masvidal-Askren knockout. It made Masvidal's career, it turned him into a very hyped fighter, and as a result of that, the UFC was definitely able to generate more pay-per-view buys with Masvidal, who was so popular because of his knockout. I mean, without that knockout, Masvidal is not what he is today. He does not make as much money as he has. He is not in the position to definitely not start his own promotion like he has now. I really do think that because of how those things played out with DJ and Masvidal, I think that both sides won that trade, and I think it was good. I know that Dana White and uh, Chatri also have a very good relationship in general, I'm pretty sure, and I'm glad that one was able to make its debut in the U.S., but back to DJ, had a very good win overall. I mean, unanimous decision for sure. There was no doubt that he won that fight. DJ thought about retiring. He talked about it a little bit, but he's going to talk to the wife, he said, and <laughs> figure it out from there. And I think that's a smart decision if you're DJ. DJ is such an amazing fighter at this point in his career. He can honestly do whatever he wants. I know that Akhmetov, the Kazakhstani wrestler guy, He's the number two contender in the flyweight division in one championship. He'll be challenging for the title next if DJ decides to not retire. I think that's another fight that DJ wins, honestly. I mean, Akhmetov is he's a good fighter. I mean, he's 30 wins and two losses. He came into one championship undefeated, but he is a bit one-dimensional. He's a very good wrestler, but a bit one-dimensional in that aspect. And I think that DJ wins... But this is the whole Mariah's DJ rivalry. He's been so good for one in terms of popularity, in terms of hype, and in terms of monetary value. It's just provided so much. Mariah's getting the knockout in the first fight, which was absolutely wild. The whole world was shocked by that. And then they had the rematch, won by DJ by really nice knockout. Little she threw a straight right hand and then kneed him in the face on the fence pretty nasty. It's one of the nastiest knockouts I've actually seen in a while, especially in the flyweight division. I had a little bit of a hot take debate with my friend last night. I think that Adriano Marias beats almost anyone in the UFC flyweight division. So Not only because he's so technical, but also because of his size and strength. He is really strong for a flyweight, and you can see it in not only his muscles, but you can see it in how he's able to maneuver in the clinch. And He had DJ up against the fence multiple times, but DJ's 
so technical and was able to really utilize the breakups of the clinch to land elbows and other strikes. I think that Adriano is a really good fighter. I think he has a bright future in one. Speaking of the future of one, I mean, how about one in the United States of America? A great debut. That's. I don't think you could really ask for a better debut, as I said earlier. I, I think the future is bright for one in the U.S. They just have to do some certain things to make sure that they gain some ground in the United States of America and that their events do sell out. The first thing that one has done in terms of marketing that is really smart is, first of all, their social media is run so well. Whoever their social media manager is, shout out to them. They deserve a raise because they do a fantastic job of constantly not only not just putting out content but putting out really good content that's entertaining and makes fans excited what the social media account always does is they feature highlights from all of the different practices featured in one championship as i said mixed martial arts muay thai kickboxing submission grappling they post everything and that's something that makes one really unique broad tang is so big and influential as well because i think that last night i firmly believe I'll go that far. I firmly believe that Rod Tang made many people in that stadium and many American viewers Muay Thai fans. He made people want to watch Muay Thai because of his performance. And that just speaks to not only Rod Tang, of course, as a fighter, but to one championship as a promotion. That if they can get other people, or Americans specifically, interested in all of these other different practices, it's going to be hard to compete with one championship. And I think that one championship could pose not like a threat because the UFC is already so well established and it's not, the UFC will never be threatened. It's the most popular fighting promotion in the world. But I think that one can get to the level of the UFC at some point with the right marketing, with the right decisions in terms of choosing which fighters to hype up, like Stamp, for example. It's a great fighter to hype up. As long as one championship can do that, they have a really bright future in America and across the rest of the world. And I think that it's good for the UFC to have some competition and to have to actually, I'm not going to say actually pay their fighters because they do pay their fighters, but if you have if you have Chachri giving out, I think he gave out at least six or seven bonuses last night, and he gave 100k to Rod Tang. At some point if you're the UFC, you have to be like, if you're Dana White, you kind of have to be like, okay, they're they're starting to, how do I say this? I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it seems to me off the bat that one treats their fighters better than the UFC does with the bonuses, with the opportunities, with the hype. Because part of how the UFC markets is literally just based off of like one fighter who Dana White likes. Conor McGregor, for example. And Conor McGregor is a great fighter. I'm not trying to say that he's some just a hype train or anything. He's a fantastic fighter, but Dana really liked him, so he chose to hype him up. Dana really liked Patty Pimblett. He chose to hype him up. That's proving to be a really bad investment because of the whole thing with Jared Gordon and foot surgery and, you know, Patty the fatty, all sorts of things that are just kind of being a mess with that. But Chatris does a really good job, and one championship in general does a good job of advertising all of their good fighters. And then instead of just solely focusing on, like, one fighter in specific, like Patty Pimblett or Conor McGregor, what one championship does is they promote the fighters like DJ and Adriana Marias. They place a bit of extra special attention on fighters like Stamp. 
by doing things like uh, posting short clips of like Stamp and for, Mike, Mikey Musumeci is also advertisable. A Stamp and Mikey Musumeci, you know, hugging after the fight, posting like special interviews with Stamp or Rod Tang or DJ or Adriano or whatever, and also talking about fighters' backgrounds. Like they talk, there have been multiple social media posts on one championship's Instagram account about Demetrius Johnson and his childhood, which was very difficult, and Adriana Marias, whose childhood was also very difficult. And it gets people invested in these fighters because you know their story. You kind of can, and sometimes people can relate to those stories. Establishes a connection between fans and the fighter as to where it's not just, oh, they put the fighter on a pedestal where it's like, that's what the UFC does. They put fighters on pedestals like they're above everyone else. But what one does is they make these fighters relatable and it allows fans to form a connection with these fighters and they become really invested in the results of their fights. I I think that one overall in that aspect is doing a better job than the UFC and they have a lot of work to do in terms of catching up, but one championship owns Asia. That is for sure. If you had to divide like territory, the UFC owns the Western world, like Europe, including Russia and the United States and the Americas. But one championship owns Asia. Like it is so popular over there. And they have events, I mean, everywhere, Singapore, Tokyo, all over the place in Asia. And one championship has already done a great job of establishing themselves over there. And now they want to seek to go overseas. As I said, it's good for the UFC to get some competition, make Dana White step up his game a little bit, do a better job of giving his fighters bonuses, paying him out, etc., etc. I look forward to the future of one. I'm excited for it. I pay attention to, honestly, I pay attention to the UFC a lot more than one, but I do tune in, you know, some Friday nights to watch one championship on Amazon Prime. It's it's usually a great watch. Plenty of entertaining fights. Last night was fantastic. Great debut. And I think Chatri's a good CEO. He'll get things done. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. The more mixed martial arts, the more uh, Muay Thai kickboxing and submission grappling as well, the better. Thank you guys for listening today. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Trying to get a little more organized, obviously. Podcast by podcast, we're getting a li- I'm getting a little bit better at that. But I hope you guys enjoyed it and stick around for some more. There's going to be plenty of more this summer. It's the summer's going to be really, really fun in terms of the content that I'll be able to post. We'll have a blog about one championship in the United States and across the world coming out this weekend. Uh, probably, actually very soon. By the time this podcast is posted, you can probably go and check it out. It's my blog site. And I'll also be posting about UFC fight tonight, today because today I'm actually filming this on Saturday. I'm going to go watch it with my buddies, Cejudo versus Aljamain. It's going to be very interesting to see who wins that fight. Odds are dead even. But we'll have a podcast and blog out for that as well. And I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed and have a great rest of your day.